0: oh my gosh, this person is just like me. I can do that too. Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom. I'm Aline Sims, your host, and I'm flying solo today. Since the show is typically more of an interview format, it can be a little bit difficult to follow up to The comments and questions that I'm getting on air. So I thought I'd just take a show, take maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and kind of address some of the things that people have been talking to me about offline and um, by emailing me. So one of the big things that I've heard from a lot of people is that I need to stop talking about the problems in the tech field specifically and kind of more in the the geekosphere um, and start talking about solutions. And I want to address a couple of things about that. The purpose of Less Than or Equal is to talk to underrepresented people in these fields and in these areas of interest about what they're doing. I want to celebrate people. I want others to know that it's possible to be a female, a person of color, in the LG, oh, LGBT community, and 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 still do neat things. So, the people who have agreed to come on less than or equal so far, the people who have showed enthusiasm for for coming on and talking to me, so far have been activists. the The people I've contacted who aren't activists, you know, there are some female game developers I've talked to. Um, some designers you know they've they've said you know I I'd, I'd like to but I'm not I'm not ready or I don't know what the show is about and you know I don't I don't want to face criticism and I totally and completely understand that so part of the reason why my first two interviews which have been with Brianna Wu and Julie Horvath so far have been more focused on kind of the issues that, that marginalized people are feeling in tech and less about just, hey, what's the awesome thing you're doing is because both of these women are very strong proponents of, you know, working toward equality. Um, I'm really excited. I'm doing an interview with a game designer, and my hope is that we won't talk about any adversity, adversity that she's faced at all. Um, I'm hoping that we'll just be able to focus on what she's doing and why it's neat. That's not always going to be the case, but I, want, I really want the show to be about celebrating what people who have had to struggle are doing despite those struggles and not necessarily their journey unless they want to talk about that or you know unless that that's that's something that they're they're very strongly involved in so yeah that's that's kind of why why the first couple of episodes have been more focused on the kind of what's wrong piece so let's talk about solutions a little bit the, and solutions are tricky so we have people from You know, the spectrum of humanity and the spectrum of personality types involved in this. And and the first thing I want to say is that there is no one solution. And what I'm going to say here is, of course, my perspective on it, and kind of through my way of seeing the world and my way of interacting with the world. So what I'd like you to understand about me is that I'm—I um, like talking to people. I really enjoy talking to people, but I am also extremely introverted, and I'm actually pretty quiet until I get to know people fairly well. Um, so you know, it's—it's it's not uncommon for me not to speak a whole lot to new people um, outside of this kind of situation. But I think the most important thing we can do is start conversations and raise awareness that these are issues that are still present in our industries and in our areas of interest. So that's why I started Less Than or Equal is a way that we can start these conversations. You know, it's so that that you guys can can email like-minded people and say, "Hey, you know, here's here's a resource we can we can use some of what the people like the activists are saying and help that inform, you know, use that to help us talk about it, but also as a way to, to email each other and say, hey, did you know about this person and did you know that they're doing this thing and oh my gosh, that's so neat, you know, I can do that. My, my daughter can do that. My son can do that. And it's going to be okay. They can, they can overcome whatever it is that they're facing. And they can, they can be a part of this if that's what they want. There, there are two issues. There is the issue of improving things for, you know, the next generation of whatever worker. And there are improving things for the people here now and we need to do both of those things. And so that's why starting these conversations to improve things now is important, but the trickle down effect is going to be that it's going to make it better for, you know, the little kids, the teenagers who are looking into careers. So I want to I want to make sure to address that. I'm I know I talk about kids a lot, but I really think that that the focus is on improving things now so that they're going to be exponentially better when, you know, our kids or our friends' kids are old enough to enter industries and start considering careers. So that's number one, starting conversations, raising awareness, thinking about the effects of the things that we're doing now and what that will mean for us in the future and for our kids and our friends' kids in the future. And again, you might think that everyone is aware of these issues, but they're not. I know. So Brianna Wu wrote a piece a couple of, a week or two ago about on on polygon about some of the adversity that women in the gaming industry specifically have faced and she got input from three or four maybe five different different women in the industry and wrote this article regarding that and she said that she had comments from. Both men and women, you know, people of all genders, saying, "I didn't know this was still an issue." So you might think that the guy sitting across from you knows that there are these issues of um, misogyny and discrimination happening in the industry, but it's not improbable that they just they just have their heads down doing what they're doing and they don't pay any attention. And I can tell you from personal experience. The couple of times where I have faced, you know, discrimination or being treated kind of less than, I have gone to my male coworkers and said, "Hey, you know, the next time this happens, the next time you notice this, would you just say, you know, that's not cool. That's not our com- our company culture. You know, we don't say those kinds of things here." And and I remember one guy just looked at me and he said, "I didn't notice anything wrong." So that's the next thing we do. We start speaking up. We start asking people to speak up for us and point out what's wrong with with whatever's being said or done. And this is where the personality thing comes in. This is something that is very hard for me to do. It's very hard for me to call people out on their behavior face to face. Um I don't I don't like ruffling feathers. I don't like hurting feelings. You know, I can do it you know, kind of in this abstract, I'm talking to a lot of people way, but when it comes to one-on-one behavior, that's extremely difficult for me. And that's something that I need to work on getting better. I feel I need to work on getting better at that. Um, for other people, that's not an issue. Some people are fine with saying, Hey, dude, you need to, you know, you need to shut up. And, and I don't know. And some, that's not me, but I think that's okay too. I think that it's really important to to be true to who you are when you're doing this. So, you know, it's hard. I understand it's hard. I really do. But I think if we don't point these things out to people, they're never going to notice on their own. And I think that you can find a way to do that that is true to yourself and that is, you know, in my case, trying to put things... Diplomatically and um, with a logical framework rather than being emotional about it. So maybe start thinking about what feels right to you. I think the other thing you can do, speaking of raising awareness is tell people about Less Than or Equal. And there are other podcasts you can tell them about. Um, there's a, a gentleman named um, Ken Gagney, and he has a podcast named Polygamer. And it's focused more on the gaming side of things than kind of the general focus of my show. Um, but he's had two episodes so far. It's a biweekly uh, podcast, and you can. he also has it on YouTube. So it's a Google Hangout that he does. Um, and that's a really good show so far. Another podcast I'm aware of is Isometric, and that's on 5 by 5 And it's um, for a panel of four people. Um, and they're talking more about games, but sometimes they go into the the women in tech issue and talk about that. So it's kind of a nice way to, to not be in your face as much. Or as frequently because they have issues where they don't mention it at all. And, you know, they're a good panel, great chemistry. So I really encourage you to check that out if you aren't already. The other thing you can do is start looking for people to follow on Twitter. I know that I've met a lot of people on Twitter who have helped kind of raise my awareness of the issue that the issues that they're facing and also how they're handling them. So that can give you some ideas for solutions that, again, ring true to your you know, personality, your industry, your, you know, and what you're comfortable with, rather than just, you know, jumping in with both feet. The thing that's so hard is that these issues are really difficult to talk about. For one thing, I think, you know, it's 2014. We live in the future. And we're still facing these issues that we've been facing for centuries. And they're a little more nuanced now. Actually, they're a lot more nuanced now. And they're they're hard. It's hard to admit and hard to talk about the fact that you're a woman, you know, being discriminated against or that you're a lesbian and being discriminated against or that you're transgender or hearing impaired or mobility impaired. That's not something that that we really want to talk about. And I understand why. Why should we still have to have these conversations? But people just assume, especially people in the majority, just assume that because things are okay for them, they're okay for everybody else. And it's not because they don't want to know about the issue. It's not because they're mean spirited it's just that we get so involved in ourselves that we don't realize these things are happening for other people and again that's that's why i always come back to we need to continue the conversation we need to continue to talk about it we need to continue to call people out on their behavior so that's really my solution at this point i know that's not everybody's solution but it's a starting place at least for people like me if you have ideas about ways that we can improve things that are different from mine, I welcome your feedback. And, you know, maybe I'll make a point of doing a feedback episode every, you know, maybe once a month, maybe every six weeks. And, you know, start sharing the things that people are are telling me. and And maybe that will be helpful to people too. And while we're talking about solutions, I kind of want to talk about this all-or-nothing mentality that a lot of people have, myself included, that we either have to care about something with our whole heart or not at all. And that's simply not true. There's so much room for shades of gray in this. So don't think that just because you can't think about this all of the time, or you can't always speak up, or you don't feel like you can always speak up. That that's okay. You're not a failure. You're not you're not failing this idea of e- equality. You know we live in a time, we live in a day and an age where we have so much information about the world available to us right now. We we learn more in a day today than many people learned in their entire lifetimes a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, and. It's overwhelming and it's a lot because the world is a big place and there are a lot of bad things happening, things that need our attention. There are good things too, don't get me wrong, but that's not where activism takes place. Activism is not because of the good things. The activism is trying to improve the bad things. It's okay if you can't be all in and it's okay if you can't always speak up and It's okay if you miss some things along the way. The important thing is that we're getting started. And as time goes on, more people are going to be able to do little things. And those little things are going to add up to one big improvement for our society and our industries. So do what you can. You know, there are people who will do more than you and that's okay. There are people who will do less, and that's okay, too. We're going to do this. The other thing I wanted to talk about in terms of email that I've received over the last few weeks is one email in particular a gentleman wrote in and told me about how he had been confronted with, I don't know if it was a coworker or an employee, who told him that he was creating a hostile work environment for her. And he said that he prided himself on being someone who was accepting of women, who didn't have, you know, playboy pictures on the wall of his office, who encouraged the hiring of women in his workplace. But there was still something, and he didn't tell me what it was, and that's okay. There was still something or some some behaviors he had that were that were making the workplace unwelcoming for this woman there. And he said that he was so happy that she had told him that some of his behavior was making her uncomfortable and that he then took steps to to change not only the behavior, but to understand why that behavior existed so that he could he could do something about it, so that he could be proactive about, you know, so that he could change the way that he looked at and thought about the way he interacted with his coworkers, his female coworkers. And I don't know. I was so impressed and so happy that he shared that, experience with me. And it was very clear from the way he talked about it that it made him uncomfortable to think about it and uncomfortable that he had treated women the way he had, whatever way that was. And so I wanted to call that out because I think it's so cool that he took the feedback of this person and didn't dismiss it, didn't tell her that she was stupid or that she was wrong or she needed to be less sensitive or she needed to lighten up or, you know, whatever, whatever that message is that so many people hear. And instead he said, oh my gosh, I need to work on this. And he did. I think that's so encouraging. And I think that's so neat. And, you know, you know who you are, You've said that you're listening to every episode, so I wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your feedback. Thank you so much for being willing to make a change. And I really think that this is how most people are. They again, they just don't stop to think about how they affect other people. I know that I am very guilty of this. You know, even even at home, maybe even especially at home, all I'll be having a bad day or not feeling well, and I'll snap at my husband, and it has nothing to do with him. But I need him to say, hey, Helene, this isn't about me. What's going on? So that I can apologize, because obviously that wasn't my intent, and evaluate my behavior. I need that, and I like to think of myself as being self-aware. Maybe I'm not. And I like to think of myself as being introspective, but sometimes I need someone to tell me, hey, this isn't right. What are you doing? So I just thought that was really encouraging. All right, so that's the follow-up I wanted to do on some of the feedback that I've received. Please keep it coming. It helps me examine what I'm doing, think about what I'm doing, decide if if I'm going in the right direction or if I need to tweak things a little bit, And I really, really want to hear from people who are listening and and hear what they think. Next, I wanted to talk a little bit about my thoughts after doing two interviews and kind of what I've been ruminating on after talking to to my first two guests. So my first interview was with Brianna Wu, who's the co-founder of Giant Space Cat, um, which recently released the game Revolution 60 on iOS. So when we were talking, you know, we we had a really good conversation, and um, there are two things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, about things that I've said and kind of part of the conversation that we had. And the first thing was, I had I, we were talking about the the costumes, the outfits that a lot of female characters in video games have, and I brought up World of Warcraft, and I wanted and body types as well. It's not just about about what the people are wearing, but what their body types look like. And I think um, part of what I implied, but I don't think I really said, was that I want to see a range of body types in games. You know, I'm kind of short, I'm overweight, and I'd like to see some characters like that, some smart ladies doing some things. You know, but I also think that it's okay for the current representation to exist. Brianna kept saying that she thinks that women are beautiful to look at. And I agree. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having, you know, tight outfits or skimpy outfits when it fits the story. I think that what a lot of us are so tired of seeing is just that's the only message we're getting. That's all we see in video games. And I'd like to see some diversity there. Um, I'd also like to see diversity in genders and sexuality. And that's some, some stuff that I'd like to explore more on the podcast with some other people as well. The other thing when I was talking with Brianna about video games is that I said I'm not a gamer. And it took me about an hour after we got off of Skype to think... I was totally and completely wrong when I said that. Now, I expected that at some point, probably not in the distant future, I would I would I would I would be there. I'd be like, "No, nope, that's I was completely wrong. Why did I say that?" I did not expect it to happen in the first interview I did, but that's how it happened. I am a gamer. Now, where I was coming from when I said I'm not a gamer is that I'm not especially good at video games. Used to play World of Warcraft, and I would like to start again, but I'm a button masher. I love doing ranged attacks and being a warlock. I don't know what any of the spells do. I just press buttons and hope it works out. Now, as you can tell, I'm not a raider. I'm not an endgame person. I play World of Warcraft for the story and for the interactions and for, you know, messing around with the NPCs. Um, so proficiency was one reason why I said I'm not a gamer also because you know I've been playing more games on the PlayStation since talking to Brianna and I don't know what the buttons are you know I'm playing The Last of Us and if any of you have played that at several points throughout the game, press square to do something and I have to look at the controller every time it says to press square I know what the buttons do from muscle memory I don't have to look every time I want to jump but I don't know what they are I played the last of us on Easy Mode. I really enjoyed it. I'd like to play it again, and I will probably play it again on Easy Mode. I just don't consider myself good, and I haven't played a wide variety of games i I listened to isometric with Brianna on it, and I haven't even seen many of the games that they've talked about. but I think the important thing about identifying as a gamer is that you love to play games, and I do. I play games all the time. If I'm bored, I pull out my phone. I play 3s. If I have a little bit more time, I'll play FTL on my iPad. I played The Last of Us. I'm working through Child of Light. I have played Portal. I love StarCraft. I love World of Warcraft. I love Warcraft 3. I am a gamer. I miss games when I'm not playing. And by having the attitude I had when I talked to Brianna... I realized that I was part of the problem, part of this elitist attitude that we have in the gaming industry, in the tech industry, in the geeky industries in general, this, this idea of elitism and that you have to be wonderful and perfect and the best at everything you do to be considered part of that. And that's simply not true. Will Wheaton talks about being a geek and how being a geek is loving something with all of your heart. It's not about what you love, it's how you love it. And it's not about how good you are at it. It's just that you love it. So Brianna, I apologize for saying I wasn't a gamer. I really, really am. And thank you for helping me realize that. So my second guest was Julie Horvath, who is a designer for And Yet. And she started these um, passion projects when she worked for GitHub in San Francisco, where they invited women to come speak about the things that they love to do. One of the things that Julie said that really stuck out for me was that showing up can be activism for people who are marginalized in any industry. Just the fact that they go to work every day and do what they need to do is a form of activism. I've been thinking about that a lot. And kind of tying into talking about solutions, I think part of the solution is recognizing that for some people, it's really hard. It's really hard because they face racism or sexism every day, discrimination of some kind. And I think we need to be mindful of that and recognize that and support people when they're having bad days, whatever the reason is. All right, and the last little bit I wanted to talk about was that I have three shows lined up right now, three people to interview, and then I have no one else who has agreed to come on the show or who has been enthusiastic about coming on the show. So please send me suggestions for people to interview, or if you think someone might be interested, you know, send them my way, give them a link to the podcast. I'd really like to continue doing this. I really enjoy talking to people, and I really like the feedback that I'm getting. I would love to be able to continue doing Less Than or Equal in the future. So basically, I'm looking for anyone in a geeky field to talk about what they're doing. They don't have to talk about how they've faced adversity and they've overcome. They just need to be able to come and talk about what they think is neat and what they're working on. There are a couple of ways that you or they can contact me. The first is the website, which is lessthanorequal.com. Secondly, I'm on Twitter, at less than or equal. And there's also a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash less than or equal. I want to thank everybody so much for their support and their feedback. It's been a joy, and I hope to continue. Until next time, on an internet near you, I'm Eileen Sims for less than or equal.